Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm aware of all my faults. Everything. I've done wrong when the skies come tumbling down and I don't know what to do. Sheets of rain and back on roads stretch your hair everywhere I go, and there's no end to all that snow. That keeps blocking up my way That's when you know how I'm feeling Shut between the eyes We touch the ground together And laugh at all the lies On solid ground Listening to the Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103. It's Elmery One, Connor Tallon with you until 10 and kicking off the second hour of the show today with Fiona Kennedy and her brand new single, Weatherman, which went straight in at number one on the iTunes charts. I'm so thrilled for her. Well done, Fiona. Isn't she just such a fantastic songwriter? I can see that one being picked up abroad again, you know, with somebody doing a cover of that very, very easily. Well then, from one brilliant songwriter to one brilliant theatre writer. It's over to Connor for a great play this week. Don't put 
your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Worthington. Don't put your daughter on the stage. The profession is overcrowded. Now, having tasted firsthand the joys of working on anything by Noel Coward, particularly with Mary Curtin, I was delighted to hear that present laughter by Noel Coward is coming to the Cork Arts Theatre from Wednesday. So I got a chance to pop into rehearsals and talk to Mary about the show, about the stellar cast, and about Noel Coward and the story itself. It's one heck of a farce. Gary! Oh, Gary! Darling! I'm ridiculously happy. I'm so happy, darling. Are you? Happy? Yes. There's something awfully sad about happiness, isn't there? What a funny thing to say. It wasn't meant to be funny. Don't you trust me? Trust you? Of course I trust you. Why shouldn't I? I've been in love with you for such a long time. Don't... don't say that. Why? What's the matter? Don't love me too much, Daphne. Promise me you won't. You'll only be unhappy. No good can come from loving anyone like me. I'm not worthy of it. Really. Mary, I've just been treated to an impromptu performance for the cast, and you can tell immediately it's been chosen well. A lot of experience. All veterans of the Makes the job a lot easier for you. You have a vision as well, and I suppose that is ultimately aimed at making the audience laugh. Yes. (laughs) Are you laughing yourself? Well, to me, it's a champagne comedy, isn't it? It's Noel Coward. So any time you have a play by Noel Coward, Mm -hmm. it's... It's guaranteed. You go... You're guaranteed to leave the theatre in good form. Mm. You know what I mean? And the play centres around this very successful theatre actor, ostensibly Noel Coward. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) By the name of Gary Essendine, played by Ian McGuirk. Foolish child. I'm not a child, I'm 24. 24. If only I were younger. If only you were older. (laughs) What does age matter when people love each other? I wonder how tragically often that has been said. It's true. Look at me, Daphne. Look at me kindly, clearly and honestly. Look at the lines on my face, my thinning hair. Look at my eyes. You're not so very old. I didn't say I was so very old. I merely said, look at me. As a matter of fact, I'm only just fifth... 42. What's 42? Too old for 24. He, he has created... He actually has created this little family around him. Mm. You know what I mean? This little coterie of friends. And, of course, there's lots of intrigues and all kinds of things. It's very interesting in that when I was actually looking into the background of it, mm. in, in 1930, he bought the upper part of a house near Eaton Square. Mm. And so the, the set for the play is very much modelled on, on that house. That's what he did. He did that deliberately. Oh. Yeah, And the... The secretary, Monica Reed, played by Rebecca, Rebecca Allman, and Oregon Placey's wife. To me, now, Stephen Fry says Monica Reed is an incarnation of his own secretary who stayed with him for over 40 years. Uh-huh. Yes. She was his girl Friday. Yes. But I think, as opposed to Stephen Fry, <laughs> I think Liz and the secretary are an amalgamation of that real secretary. Mm-hmm. Lauren McNaughton was her name. Okay. It's it's very much based on himself, you know what I mean? But within that then, there's lots of intrigues and, and love affairs and all that, but they're not the primary concern. The primary concern is that they might, the affairs might jeopardise this little family thing, that he, business that he has built up, you so know what I mean? This is his biggest fear, because yes. um, he's, he's about to embark on a bit of a tour, isn't he? In two weeks' time, I'm going to Africa with a repertory of six plays. Do you understand what that means? The work, the drudgery, the nerve strain. That is my job, the one thing to which I must be faithful. He's, it was hugely important in the 1930s. It was very, very popular for the upper echelon to go to Africa. One must. One must. <laughs> one must. And they, and they killed beautiful wild animals, you know, and they had, yeah. Uh, you know, come home with trophies. Totally, yes. yeah, yeah. And so it's very much. Now we wouldn't take much notice of it, but in 1939, when this play was written, mm. of course, it was the big thing to do a tour of Africa. You know, and Noel Coward was. Well, I just love him, and you know what I mean. And the thing about it is, if you look, if you look too closely and try to intellectualise Noel Coward's plays too much. No. You take the magic out of them. Yeah. Do you know, Connor? Yeah. You really do. Let's not dissect. The, no, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, and all the, and I couldn't 
couldn't go wrong with this cast. They are a joy to work with. They're veterans of the stage. They never let me down. They always deliver. They're always in great form. I just couldn't go wrong with them. Okay. You know. I actually rarely see a cast of nine together because, you know, financially that's a very difficult thing for theatres to do in the current yes, climate. Yes, yeah. And so it's actually quite a treat for an audience to see a cast of that size. Yes. But on top of that, a cast of that experience. Let's not add up the years of experience that they've put in behind them. Totally, yes. But that's considerable. We'll have to start naming names. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> Shirley McCarthy. Shirley instance. McCarthy. You can't go wrong with Shirley McCarthy. Yeah. She plays the siren. Yeah. Made for her. That, that, that role is made for her. Rebecca Allman plays the secretary. Yeah. Anne Dorgan, who's the nearest thing to Judy Dench I can think of, <laughs> plays his wife, Liz. I suppose Gary hasn't been called yet, has he? No, I don't think so. Shall I go and wake him now? No, not yet. Oh, he ought to be wakened at once, Liz. It's disgraceful lying in bed on a lovely morning like this. So unhealthy. He'll be getting fat and flabby if he's not careful. I wish to God he would. I wonder what she put in this coffee. Apart from the coffee, I mean. Weed killer, if she had any sense. You're being remarkably offensive, Monica. One always hears that the secretaries of famous men are rather frustrated and dragon-like. It's funny that you should turn out to be so true to type. I think, after all, perhaps you had better go into the office, Monica. This situation is becoming rather tense. For no reason. Marie O'Donovan, who plays Daphne, who's one of those fan people who she she idolizes him as an actor to the man. Do you know what I mean? And then she represents all the girls that you know that kind of are star starstruck. You mean you don't love me? I don't mean any such thing. Do you love me? Say it, do you? Of course I do. Say it. I love you, Daphne. Oh, darling. But this is goodbye. And then I have Jean. Jean is playing so many parts you wouldn't believe it. I mean, she's like a chameleon. I have her playing the butler and the maiden one. And then she's playing the very posh lady, Saltburn, who looks very like Joyce Grenfell. Do you remember Joyce Grenfell, Connor? Yes, I do. Yeah. (laughs) That's Jean Van Sinderen Law, so well <laughs> done. She's great. Yeah. Uh, amalgamation of small parts. And then Ian plays Gary Essendine. Yeah. I mean, he's just fabulous in the role, and he loves it. It's inevitable, not for my sake, my dear, but for yours. Last night, suddenly a spark was struck. The flame burned brightly. That was happiness. Tremendous, wonderful happiness. Something to be remembered always. And I have... Ken Spate, that I'd never worked with before, but by God, he's delivering. And the, the wonderful Jim O'Mahony. And I have a wonderful new actor called awesome. Oscar Smith. Yeah. And I'm so sorry he's not here today, Connor, because he's one to watch. He's so talented. He's so talented. And I'm so thrilled to have him in this play. So you're kind of doing what Mock the Week did, like you're giving some people their, their break. You I'm, know? Telling you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I and seriously, none of them, I couldn't fault any of them. They're really, really good. And like I said, I love doing knock hour plays anyway, remember? Yeah. We did one. I absolutely do. Yeah. And I remember discovering how the audience got it straight away because at first I thought such a high-arched comedy of manners, mm-hmm. of character, back in the 30s and all that kind of stuff, would, would possibly go over the heads of the audience. Not at all. Not at all. He spoke to the people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He knew exactly how to write that kind of stuff and to make it last a long time. It has a great shelf life. Absolutely. So many great actors have acted in these. Mm. I think it's funny, too, that Present Laughter has the same initials as Private Lives. <laughs> didn't cop that one. <laughs> so they're a beautiful place to, to, to direct, I have to say. I'm so enjoying it. And I'm so thrilled that Ian asked me to direct this. Okay. We, we started this two years ago and we had to stop because of covid I had no idea that mm. this has been a long time in the oh, incubation, yeah. Yeah. incubation. And even in 1939, they had to stop rehearsing in 1939 really? because of the war. Yeah, <laughs> same place. Similar, I mean... <laughs> Listen. Are, yes. <laughs> you know. Okay, war's over. You're open. We're open. We're open on Wednesday night. Yeah. It really deserves now, well, the audience deserves yeah. a, a good champagne 
comedy. Absolutely. You know, that'll make them feel good. I would actually invite the audience to dress up. If they be feel great. Like, I think everybody should be wearing it. Oh, I think so too. Their best suit or good dress. Oh, bring, I agree. Bring your best guna, all right? <laughs> and, you know, come on. Have a champagne night in the, sh- the Cork Arts Theatre. All right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Mary, congratulations. Thank you so much. And enjoy the run. Also, got to remind people that you're running a matinee on the Sunday as well. That's right. Yeah. The matinee is on, on the 30th of October. Mm. There's no night performance that night or the mm. 31st Monday night. But then it runs again until the 5th of November. Excellent. You know? yes. So welcome one and all. Absolutely. Grab them while you can. Grab them. They are going Listen, to go it's a beautiful night. Yeah. And go to the theatre. Go yeah. to the theatre and see real, live, wonderful actors working. Yes, it will benefit you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Kiss me once. Just once. Then go. Oh, Gary. Oh, darling. Au revoir, my sweet. Not goodbye. Just au revoir. <laughs> Well, at the end of that amuse-bouche of Noel Coward, it's time to roll the credits. Well, the production is produced by Ian McGurk, directed by Mary Curtin, and features an all-star Cork cast. Shirley McCarthy, Anne Dorgan, Rebecca Holman, Ian McGurk, Maria Donovan, Oscar Smith, Jim O'Mahony, Jean Van Sindren Law, and Kenneth Spate. And of course, one name has to be mentioned as well. Working quietly behind the scenes was Therese Newman, who was the stage manager, and from what I've heard, did everything else as well. So, well done. Credit where credit is due. And it Runs from Wednesday, October 26th, right through to the 5th of November, with a matinee performance on Sunday, the 30th of October. That's Noel Coward's present laughter at the Cork Arts Theatre. But, Mrs. Worthington, not Mrs. Worthington, don't put your daughter on the stage. Next weekend might be the Jazz Weekend, but it's also Creative Bandon Weekend. And on Friday night, they're having an amazing evening, starting off with the Fresh Air Collective playing music from 6.45 before the Banshee Walk starts at 7.15. And then Rogu Firestorm, which is three of Ireland's leading fire performers, present a fire show at 7.35. Saturday morning starts off with a more wholesome Blackberry Jam workshop in Bandon Town Hall with Claire McLaughlin before the Halloween parade in the shopping centre. All the details can be found on Facebook by looking for Creative Bandon. It's been fantastic watching all the excitement online for Carrigaline Musical Society's production of The Sound of Music held off for so long. It's practically sold out. There's just like one or two tickets left for individual shows. So follow them on Facebook to see which nights they might still have the odd handful. I'm wishing them all the best of luck with it. And tickets are now also on sale for for Moy Musical Society's production of All Shook Up, directed by Valerie O'Leary. And it's led by a stunning cast with people like Mike. Michael Green and Kevin McCormick and Colette Daly and so many more. It's a show built around the very best of hits from Elvis Presley and it runs from the 5th to the 12th of November in Formoy. So look up their Facebook page and that'll take you to all the ticket links. Now, if you live near the Knocknaheeny area of Cork, then there's an invitation to all to come to the Club Kyol workshops, even if you've missed the first few. There are spaces in Tin Whistle classes, a trad group for teens and an adult music circle as well. If you're interested, pop into the library in Holly Hill for the details or look up Creative Tradition on Twitter. You're listening to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103 with Elmarie Maw and Connor Tallon. And you know something? It's so fantastic to see Cork performers blossoming in their professional careers abroad. I see Claire O'Leary is set to join the cast of Saving Grace. That's the musical by Katie Tunstall in the UK. Brian Murray is flying it over there as a cast member in the Book of Mormon. Colm O'Regan is taking over as musical director for the Book of Mormon. While over in the States, Shane French is conducting Cats the Musical on tour. And I know they had a good run in Hollywood recently. This week they've moved on to Arizona and still statewide Cork writer Irene Kelleher her play A Safe Passage which many people saw on the Midsummer Festival here has now been taken up for a production by Glass Dove Productions in New Hampshire in November. On the international stage Linda and Irene Buckley are getting lots of press this week. They're of course from the old head and they composed the score for the new Sinead O'Connor documentary while Luke Hogan from Douglas has been enjoying great success on the UK tour of the Osmonds musical. Molly 
Ward is off on tour in New Zealand with the World of Musicals International Tour and Ryan Morgan surprised everyone by popping up on TV last weekend on I Can See Your Voice on BBC One and Amanda Holden was just stunned by his performance but of course she was because he was just superb. Look, I'm sure there are loads more but that's just a handful of Corkonians abroad who've popped up on the screen while I was scrolling this week and we should all just be so proud of them. 
coming from there, so you know, if there is like bad weather, you might get the, the dropout kind of a thing. But all of our performances have been there's been no issue with them, which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, so that's on at seven pm. If you prefer an evening show of it, you know what I love about these is that it's a real shared experience. Mm. But I think cinema is anyway that you can go to the cinema on your own any day of the week, and once there's one other person in there, even though you're on your own, it's still a shared experience. But this one, you're sharing it with the thousands and thousands of people that are going to be in Argentina watching this as well. And these, this concert in particular has been getting incredible reviews. They've been in South America for quite some time and it's just, I've seen some clips and things and God, it's really incredible. They're one of my favourite bands that like to see on screen as well. Um, I watched Glastonbury a couple of years ago and... God, we were glued to it. It's it's such an experience. I agree. Okay, let's go from that then, which is next Saturday, the live worldwide event screening, which is at half past three. And you said it's taking place in all the gate cinemas. So no matter which one is closest to people. But then we go to The Grateful Dead, which obviously isn't live. Not quite live. So this is is a really fun one. Yeah. So they've, they've been doing these cinema concerts. Well, they basically, it, this year it's the 50th anniversary of the legendary 72 album called Europe. And so this um, concert was recorded, uh, was recorded at the Tivoli Concert Hall in Copenhagen in Denmark in April of 72. And so now it's been fully restored and colour corrected and really great audio mixing. And so this is going to be on screen again, like you're at the concert. But this is a really special one because it's got the first live performance of their track called He's Gone. And it was one of the last tours that Pigpen was on as well. So it, it's a really special one. Um, but they love, we love getting things like this on, you know, like old concerts and, you know, come in and rock out a bit. And this one is on in Gate Cork on the 1st and 5th of November. particular concerts like this isn't the Grateful Dead's first kind of run out of what they call their cinema meetups like this is a big sort of thing that they've done before isn't it it is yeah yeah and they've really it's really great when you see like these old concerts like remastered and things you know and it kind of it's I suppose nostalgia for a lot of people to go to it but for the band themselves and for you know for their estates and things like that it's really cool just to see for them to see the love that's still there for them you know yeah like they're yeah they're a lot of fun that's so true. A lot of fun. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to ballet next because Cork City Ballet yeah. always have a beautiful production in the Cork mm-hmm. Opera House every November. That's yeah. sold out as it happens. So for people <laughs> who would love to perhaps see instead the Royal Ballet Company and what they're doing, I mean, they really have embraced this cinema experience and streaming they of have. their performances, haven't they? Big time. They have. I've actually, my next two performances from the Royal Opera House are both ballets. So the first one is on November 16th. So the Royal Ballet, it's the Diamond Celebration. So it's celebrating 60 years of the Royal Opera House. So they've got a lot of their principals are going to be performing on the one evening for their Diamond Celebration. And there's going to be three world premieres. Like they're always amazing production. They're really great behind the scenes um, info on there and interviews. But again, it's the shared experience because it is streamed in directly from the Royal Opera House. And you get that audience participation as well. And after that, then we have the, I mean, this is one of my favorite, I have a few favorite nights, but this is absolutely up there. And we have our our new tradition, which is the Nutcracker on December 8th. So that is always coming to us from the Royal Opera House as well on December 8th. And we've done it for the last few years, I think maybe four or five years in a row now. So again, it just, I think for us, it really marked the beginning of the festive period. You know, the Nutcracker is on and decorations are up and it's yeah it's a really gorgeous production and I know everyone is excited for Cork City Ballet's production of the Nutcracker this year but you know to especially if people have missed out on the chance to get those tickets then Mm -hmm. coming in we'll say the start of December when it is more Christmassy and everything to see the Nutcracker and to bring children along to see ballet you know like it 
a lot of people make new Christmas traditions when they're trying to think of yeah. things they can do with their children, like coming to City Hall, to Cork Youth Orchestra's production of The Snowman at Christmas and that yeah. sort of thing. And singing a ballet like The Nutcracker is also really, really, really special. So two big events, and we said like the Royal Opera House and the, particularly the Royal Ballet, hugely embracing of this sort of cinema technology yeah. and a way of sharing without us having to travel to London for that. Exactly. <laughs> um, we've already mentioned Christmas there now, so yeah. can we just pop into Christmas stockings for people that you also have a Christmas carol coming to the cinema. Is that a live screening again? No, it was filmed live last year from the Alexandra Palace Theatre. And so this is, we're showing it at 3pm on November 27th and 6pm on December 1st. So it's a really great afternoon time. So November 27th, I think is a, um, a Sunday. So it's a really gorgeous time to bring kids to it. Now, it is Scrooge after all, so perhaps older kids. But it's film live uh, from the Alexander Palace and there's some really, really cool effects and things in that. So it's, okay. it's a really great like stage experience again. And again, bringing children to something like that, I think, is always lovely because they yeah. already know the story, whether it's from the Muppets or something mm-hmm. else. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, retelling a story or seeing a familiar story always gives them that sort of insight and that understanding and a great family tradition to have. Now, obviously, I was getting a taxi to the hospital there the other morning and the taxi yeah. driver was telling me that he had tickets for Andre Roux and was oh, all excited about that. But if people don't have tickets, they can go and see Andre Roux in the cinema live in Dublin. They can. Yes, so Andre was in Dublin last May. Really fantastic show, done at the the Three Arena, and he that was recorded for so the worldwide concert that he's doing this year in the new year. That was all filmed in Dublin, which is really like God, it's such a great great shout to have, you know, to say that oh, this one came from Dublin, and uh, it was his Irish one. So that is with us on the seventh and eighth of January. So he always he always put one on on the first weekend of of January, really, and um. Yeah, you know, it was, they were really fun evenings. Everybody, I think what, with Andre Rue, everybody gets really involved. Like, there's so much audience participation. And I even find when you have it on the big screen, then you find the audience, they're, you know, they're clapping along and they're swinging in their seats. And, you know, if there's somebody there, they're, they're even singing along at times, you know. Um, they're really, they're just really fun concerts, I think. Because Andre Rue fans, you know, we love you because they're so involved, so involved. Well, also, those screenings of that concert filmed live in mm-hmm. Dublin, they're taking place yeah. in January. So that's a nice little kind of Christmas present people yeah. can pick up and drop into stockings and that sort of thing now. Absolutely. I can't believe yeah. we're talking about it here and we haven't even hit <laughs> the jazz weekend. So can I come back to November and leave yeah. sort of the concerts and the live performance to mm-hmm. one side? Because another thing that I really loved when you've had it in the event cinema screenings and when people go yeah. onto the Gate Cinema website, if they just look for the event yeah. cinema tab, all of these menus will kind of come up for them. But it's a love when there are these these films of exhibitions. It's and so yeah, they really are. And I this particular one narrated by Brian Cox is of Cezanne and his life yeah. and his works. Yeah. We're just going to listen to a little clip from the trailer now. I am working far removed from the normal, striving to find my own path. I struggle to achieve the intensity that builds in my senses. Only work boosts my morale. Everyone is an idiot, apart from me. And so that'll give people a flavour of Brian Cox's mellifluous tones <laughs> as he speaks the words of Cezanne yeah. from his diaries and all that sort of thing. Tell, tell us about this film. Well, I think you know, with all of these exhibition on screen films, what's really wonderful about these is, yeah, it shows the works, but it gives you the life. You know, you get the biographies as well. But you see never before seen things. And you get their thoughts about what they were, how they were feeling doing certain certain pieces and things. And so this one, as you say, there's like correspondence from the artist themselves in the form of his diaries and letters and things. And so we go to like all the places that he lived and worked and we can see somebody who is such an important artist of that Impressionism era. And, you know, I think for exhibition on screen films, yes, they're about art, but there's so much more than that. And so I really encourage people to try one because I think once you would see one of them, you'll come back to all of the rest. 
they're, they're just gorgeous. They're so beautifully made as well. I mean, Phil Grabsky is just, he's an incredible director and producer. Now, that is just giving people a tiny idea, Tracy, yeah. of the events that are taking place over the next yeah. couple of months, uh, bringing us right up into the start of December season. I'll give you an exclusive here now, Emery. I don't have it on sale yet, but we will be doing our Berliner Philharmoniker New Year's Eve concert as well. Oh, wow. Um, on New Year's Eve. Um, so that'll be, yeah, and this one has Jonas Kaufman as well is going to be performing with them and that is streamed directly live at 4pm. When is that going on sale? And that is, that'll be on sale probably within the next two weeks. Okay, people can watch out for that. So it's another one just to keep an eye out for. All of the details, of course, on gatecinema.com for the events, but particularly people will want to get their skates on if they want to catch the last of the tickets to see Coldplay live from Buenos Aires next Saturday. And then they have a little bit of breathing space to sort of plan shopping or cinema or whatever they want to do and incorporate the lot in between now and then. Tracy O'Brien, it's always a pleasure chatting to you and there's always so much happening. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Amri. Bye. On the cover shot of her self-titled new album, Claire Sands is a water baby to be reckoned with. Against a backdrop of intense blue, it's an underwater shot of Claire, fully dressed in a scarlet dress, as she dives into the water with her fiddle in her hand. Claire is at home in the sea, and her music means she's welcomed all over the world to share the energy she brings to a fusion of genres, her blend of languages and her ability to knit people together instantly. Her new album brings so many of those elements together, solo tracks and collaborations, the power of her voice, a sense of history, and so many tracks incorporate the sound of the waves. So Elmarie rang her for a chat about it. Claire, you know, I just absolutely adore chatting to you and when we have you on the phone. We had the best crack of chats during lockdown because you had this mad adventure with Tirdrucha Agus which was the most amazing concept over the seasons of the one year. And some of those tracks have made their way onto this incredible album, which I just think is absolutely stunning. And I saw a brilliant post online on one of your social media accounts there where you turned the camera around and you shone it on your mum who was there with the boxes of the CDs and the envelopes. She's a trooper. She is a trooper, Henry. Like, we'd all be lost without our Irish mothers, wouldn't we? We'd be, and the grandmothers and, and everybody that came before them. And yeah, I actually paid my mom to sort all the CD orders because it just got a bit mental. But it was brilliant. Like, there was just a couple of hundred going around the world and... Like she also has another job, so she was coming home in the evenings and packaging up, you know, CDs to America, to Romania, to Canada, the wow. Netherlands, Italy, everywhere. So brilliant to have her on board as well. And it's yes, yeah, a small unit, and it is just really about, I suppose, Irish families coming together and helping each other out, like we've always done. One hundred percent. But not only that, it was just the power and positivity of women, which I know is a thread that runs really strongly through so much of your work. It's not necessarily the driving force of your work, but it is definitely there an undercurrent of strength. And I'm going to jump straight in as a result of that. Isn't in a tribute to your mum to track nine on the album, Awe Numina, which I've always loved as a title. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, thanks, Henry. Yeah. Definitely, it's a narrative running throughout the album, and I think it's a, it's nearly a subconscious narrative as well because, like, I'm the oldest of three sisters, so you know I've always been, I suppose, looking out for them and conscious of of our place in the world, and I've just been massively inspired. I was talking there about my mom and just the amount of things that women can seem to do in like 10 minutes of their time is quite incredible and just yeah the strength of my grandmothers and when you start sort of looking into the the Baylidus and either the folklore and the older stories and you do start looking at these characters like Grania Whale and Queen Maeve and we don't really talk about them enough you know I, I don't think so very important to to put those women into song and you know even when the women like the Debenhams workers that were heavily featured I suppose in the papers and everything last year of, of conducting one of the longest strikes in Irish history so definitely just you know nodding the, the cap to all of these very inspiring women 
in my life anyway. But you have tapped into that female energy in a big way in recent years on more than one occasion. You know, you have reached out to Manaw Naharan, full of the wonder and awe of their power. You've used words, especially as you have drawn more and more in the Irish language in your music, words like fiain and the fierceness and the power mm. of women. But you've held out these sort of open calls for women to come and join you on a shore somewhere to dive and to swim and to photograph and to frolic and to harness all that energy and it became kind of a little movement of its own, didn't it? Yeah, the making of that video was still, I'd say, one of the the special moments of my career, of my life, really, to put out this open call for women of any creed and culture and shape, size, women, young, old, brave, bold, and to to get together for a day and just to dance and to sing and to to celebrate and to swim and to have food afterwards. You know, it was it was part of the music video for On and All in which we put out these open calls across the four provinces and the four beaches, you know, in Connemara and Belfast, Cork and Dublin. And it was just incredible to have that community come together and just to celebrate music and dance and, and our womanhood and just being here and being able to, to do those things. It's a simple message, really, but the community is a massive part of, of all of my music. And without that, you know, you can't really keep going and I I would be lost. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really great to, to have those celebrations for all the music videos that we did. It was all inviting communities in places that I wouldn't usually go. So definitely it's a, it's a key to the heart and to feeling just like a part of something, you know. energy, love, connection, you know, it just shone through the posts, the things you were sharing online. And of course, it shines through the music. That's the thing. I'm going to come to, we'll say, the words of another piece that's on the album, Keep the Flame Burning. You know, you you seem to ignite this this passion or tap into something very primal and ancestral, I think, in a lot of the music, because you've also talked a lot about tapping into, like you said, the Baileithus and our, our history and that sort of thing. Talk to us about this track. Keep the Fame was massively inspired by a man I suppose I've been working with a lot the last year or two called Mancon McGann. He's a fantastic novelist and beacon of the Irish language and he wrote the most amazing book about two years ago now called 32 Words for Field, which mm. I was just completely enamoured by. And we started working together on a couple of different projects, one of them being a project called Sea Tamagotchi. So he travelled the length yes. and the breadth of Ireland collecting like long lost forgotten words of the sea, Asquelga. And I just wanted to do my part in keeping those words alive. So by putting them into the song, so keep the flame burning is built, I suppose, around these these words that would be forgotten about if it wasn't for really people like Mancon and the fishermen that carry them along the West Coast and it's really a song of keeping whatever it is in your heart alive whether it's family or the sea or your dog or whatever else you know a football team and that I think is a very important message that runs throughout the album really is the album acknowledges you know the rise and the fall and the dark and the light and you, you can't have one without the other but at the end of the day it's it's hopeful and if we don't have that we're really lost like so we really are, yeah. that's how I sort of live really you know Turn the ball with the 
really love that one. And another thing that has struck me in recent years, looking at the kind of trajectory of work that you've been doing as well, though, is the pull of the western coastline of Ireland and the hold that it has on you. The Atlantic, actually, is almost in your veins, you know. So much of the work you would have done for Teardraca and Fuimdraca drew you to the west coast, didn't it? Yeah, really from Mizzen to Mallon. I grew up in the sea. I grew up surfing and swimming and kayaking and I can't remember not ever being in it every day. And that does strange things too. You know, it really does. There's a pull, like no matter where I'm touring in the world, I need to know where the body of water is and yeah. get into it. You know, it just settles my mind and my body and just rebirth and rejuvenation and being based, I suppose, in Cork for the majority of my life and then moving up to Connemara. Like even when I was in Cork, I was always down in West Cork, always down in East Cork, anywhere that I could be near the sea. And then being based up in Connemara for the two years really of the pandemic and, and isolation and all of that. I had a 360 view to see the whole time. And then I slowly made my way up to places like Inishir and North West County Clare and North Donegal and was just so inspired by the, the stories and by the nooks and crannies of that coastline. Like it's spectacular. It's, I think, the most beautiful place in the world. And I'll never think otherwise. <laughs> so up, up for the West Coast. Isn't it? Uh, why not? And, you know, one of the first tracks I think we talked about from that particular project, and you have included it on the album, is the sort of sea shanty that you created with Susan O'Neill, Carry My Song. That had such success for you. Ah, uh, sure. It was, it was lovely. Like, it was a great way it came together. And, you know, as I said, it was sort of funny that we just had a day or two to come up with this whole thing and write and record it and film it and the clips of Fenor and minus one degrees and matching blue and yellow County Clare dresses. So, ah, you know, it, we've had a great time with it, a great one with it for sure. And definitely it made its way onto the album because it's exactly what, you know, the album is about, about carrying our song to the next generation and across the sea, you know, no matter where you are, that, that it's there for you. fantastic to work with Susan and with a host of other collaborators like Steve Cooney and Fagan O'Brenon and Mancon and Bernadette Devlin just all these people that I've admired from afar for very long and had the tenacity to ask if they'd like to do something so it's great my, my heart is full after working with such kindness I think it's not just tenacity, though. I think it's kind of the openness to simply asking, you know, the people you'd love to work with to work with you. And I know it's worked so well with people like Susan O'Neill. I'm a huge fan of what you've done together. You obviously have a great connection with Tommy Sands, of course. I love what you've done with Fiochna O'Brien. The album is just gorgeous, Claire. And we're going to go out on the single and the track Sail On. Tell us a little bit about this one. Sail On, really, it's a love song. You know, again, it's a love song to whatever it is in your heart that you need to keep going and keep lit. And for me, really, it was the the realisation that being out in Connemara, it shouldn't matter what creed or culture that that anybody is, you know. And I suppose it was at the time of the pandemic and there was a lot of, you know, sort of mad things going on in the world. And the main message of it, really, and the the love part in it is Ninyaka Kerlikela, which is there's no strength without unity, that's the main message of that song and I think features really throughout the album that yeah let's all be in this together you know Well I see from Facebook that you're off to Manchester next but knowing you your feet will hardly touch the ground you'll be definitely off somewhere again straight away after that what's next? Yeah heading to Manchester very soon and then I'm off to Germany for the whole month of November so I'm looking really really forward to that and there's a couple more Irish dates in November as well so yeah, lots of global trotting, but all good. I'm in good company, kind company, and I'll definitely be doing a few skinny dips in the German lakes. I don't know what they'll make of it, but your look <laughs> has to be done. You're something else. I'm just in awe always, Claire, of you, your music, your energy, the enthusiasm, the swimming and the whole lot of it. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. You're my good, Anne-Marie. You're my good.
our strength on these western shores Fallen golden sands, your caressing hands Our bodies glide, we move with the tide The thunder she wars, you cry out for more Oh God! 